Tech Brother here. April 17th, 2023. Surviving Corporate America. Before I start off on this podcast, know that this and all my podcasts, audio, video, my blogs, everything that I discuss and talk about is from personal experience. Also understand that I have no need or reason to shame anyone or blame anybody. Um, Things happen. It's the way it is. But I think when you're doing these types of things, these podcasts and whatnot, that it's good education. It's good information for people to understand, you know, this is the things that you go through. Why? We truly honestly have no idea. But at the end of the day, it's not an anomaly. Um, For those that are coming into corporate America and you're excited, you should be. Right. Because it's not necessarily always bad working in corporate America. It just comes down to the people that you're working in and around in corporate America. Are they above board and can they be trusted? Because that's that's really that's really uh, the crux of everything, depending on the organization, you know, their processes and procedures, their culture, um, what they're trying to achieve and how they're going about it, that has a lot to do with the experience that you're going to have. While, and while that point is obvious, a lot of people don't necessarily see that when they're in the midst of, of the, uh, the quote-unquote war <laughs> that they consistently feel like they're in. So, so just keep all that in mind, friends, and let's get into this. So, you know, for me... It is 2023. I've worked in corporate America going on 23 years, actually for 23 years, going on 24. And I have to say that, you know, my, my experience has been has been mixed. Um, it's it, but it's more the majority of the companies that I work for, um, that my friends work for and the different things. Um, it's about an 80 20 split with 80 percent of that experience actually being good and positive so but there is that 20 percent that just kind of lacks human understanding um we don't really understand why when we all try to get together in between the four walls why it's like all of a sudden our alter egos come out or or we feel that it's a game of one shipmanship and, you know, like all this other stuff. So, but why, you know, but I think before we can get in into all that, we got to understand why, um, you know, so, so the positives of corporate America, you know, there's really not a whole lot because pretty much as I've said, you know, if you are one of the lucky ones and I'm lucky right now with my current job and employer, um, you know, I, uh, we're corporate, but uh, we also care like about one another. And that philosophy comes from the top down. Our CEO, you know, and the different folks that help uh, to support him and the business, right? Um, they're steadfast and they're very focused on ensuring that they take care of the culture. I have a lot of respect uh, for UHA because... I haven't worked for anybody at all in my 24-year career that has actually truly, honestly put employees first. 
you always uh, get that rhetoric about, yeah, you know, hey, uh, we care about you and the work-life balance, you know. And you notice how it's like work-life, but they don't necessarily identify you in there. And where I work, you are an important, integral part of everything. Because if you're not whole and if you're not healthy and you can't function, then you can't necessarily help the team move towards trying to be successful, you know, because you're not successful. So it's kind of it's kind of a marine approach, if you will. You know, it's all for one and one for all, you know, like we all care about one another. I absolutely love it. Now, while we definitely stay busy, we definitely do, you know, and there's deadlines just like any place else. The people that are in your management, your E-levels, you know, and then and then even all of your non-E-levels and the people who actually help to support the business, you know, um, when everyone is on the same wavelength, it makes things a lot easier. Because for me, I can tell you, I uh, wake up and I and even though I work from home, when I work, no matter who I need to reach out to or talk to, everybody's grown, mature. We all know, you know, it's like we all understand that we have a job to do and a business like uh, to take care and to tend to. But we have basic human respect for one another, no matter what. You know, and like and like at, at any place, if there's a difference of opinion, we work it out like together and we come to a consensus to agree. We agree uh, to disagree or we disagree kindly, you know, and we talk about it as mature. As mature individuals and adults, no chips on our shoulder, because it's all about what is the best thing for our customers, our clients, right? And so for that, you know, it starts, it starts from the top. So if so, it's like the analogy, if the head isn't right, it doesn't matter what's going on with the rest of the body, it's just not going to function in the proper way. With your brain, you need to be able to comprehend in order to understand, you got to be able to understand the cognitive skills you got to be able like to say, I need to move my arm. So you need to send that signal over to your arm and move, right? The central part of a human being, if that isn't working, then you can't think about what to do. We don't necessarily think about our heart beating. We know that our heart will beat as long as there's nothing in the way of it. But our brain, right, we can comprehend and, and understand if there's something that's not right what we need to do to make it right, you know, or if everything is good to go, then we still are aware that we're fully functioning and we're ready to rock and roll, but we're always on notice. So, and when there is something that comes up, then we jump on it right away and try to resolve it. When you are within the midst of a business unit that actually takes that type of priority, like uh, to things that not just are related like to the bottom line, but uh, to things that actually relate like to you and they care for you and where you are, that's a company to stick with. That's a company to definitely stick with and stay with because they have your best interest at heart. They definitely do. And as I've told uh, different people, it was like, yeah, you, you, um, 
one component of working is obviously like the pay. Uh, let's just be honest about it, you know, the pay and the benefits. But for me, as I've learned in my career, the biggest thing really like for me, the pay will be there. I would rather take a pay cut and work at a place where they may not be able like to pay me that much, but they care about me as an individual because that right there is more than an incentive enough, you know, because you don't have to worry that much about all the drama and issues because you know that if there's anything happening, it'll get dealt with. So if you're lucky enough to actually find an, an organization like that, you know, you figure out if you need to sacrifice something, then you sacrifice that. But you definitely want to stick with them because they care about you. Now, if you are not as lucky as I know, there's a lot of us that have had this happen. Right. What you need to basically do is you need to really sit down and understand where you are, what it is that you feel as though the current company or, or organization uh, that you're working for is doing for you. And then you need to really truly sit down and make some big boy and big girl decisions. Because typical corporate America, and this is sad that I have to put it this way, but typical corporate America is not, is not where things just work out. It's just not. <laughs> and it's unfortunate that it is that way. And just like uh, that cement truck that you just heard that was uh, backing up, that's kind of the same type of feeling that you get when you walk into an environment that isn't so great, that is, on the other hand, toxic. It's like you hear uh, the warning bell and you're wondering, uh-oh, what does that mean? You can't necessarily see the writing on the wall because a lot of people go to great lengths to try to hide a lot of that from you. Why? Because in the grand scheme of things, we don't want the new person like to come aboard and to see all of the fail that's going on. We want them to stay as, as long as possible so that uh, we can trick them. I mean, and so that, <laughs> and I meant to say that, and so that uh, we can have them work for us. You know, so a lot of it that uh, happens typically is you come in with that fake false facade of, oh, this is how it really is. You're buying into the ideal that, oh, everything is just great. You know, it's awesome. But that's not always necessarily the case, friends. I can tell you for sure there's been many, many situations and times where I have... where. I, uh, where I have started at a company and I'm thinking, oh, it's like this. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like the new guy. I'm getting like to know everybody and they give me uh, my cubicle and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, wonderful, great. I start doing work. Everyone's nice. Everyone's kind. But then there's always that situation that, that facade that they sold you starts breaking down. And, and, you know, honestly, it's sad that when you come into a company, you have to wait. You have to wait for the ball to drop. Why? Well, I mean, because that's the epitome of how corporate America works. 
it's you know it's supposed to be you're supposed to take pride in wanting uh, to work at a place you know you're supposed to be excited you don't necessarily want to be caught off guard with anything you know of 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 the dramatic type or you know uh, you find out well they just hired me but they're really going to put me over here or they just hired me like uh, to do the grunt work right it's like you go through the interview process and they it's almost like a soap opera like you try to see if this is a good fit for you but at the end of the day you're nothing but a body and it doesn't matter what you do they're just going to slot you in where they have a need they may not tell you that up front and so they'll get you in the door they'll get you a couple of paychecks and then bam they'll hit you with it so it really is i hate to say this it's really hit or miss so uh, for all of you young folks out there who are trying uh, to look into working in corporate america if if uh, you're new to it or if you already have a job but you're but you're wanting uh change uh, just understand that there really isn't any perfect place out there i spent the first part of my career trying to find that because i am from the school that you work hard and when you work hard then good things will come to you right that's just how i was raised you know and if it's right or wrong we all had different uh, morals and values and beliefs my mother instilled that in me but when you get out into this corporate world this toxic world it doesn't work that way you'll get what you can get if they want to give it to you and that's where it's sad and so many people rely on that ideal because it pays a lot they look at the money and and uh they look at you know uh the money and the benefits and the prestige right is they see all of these things but they don't really take time like uh, to stop and understand okay are there it's like are their business practices ethical how do they treat their employees what's the culture like you know and asking people who have worked there is just a good place to work you know what issues have you had you know it's not necessarily to try to be negative but because the stigma of corporate america is just that way you have to kind of not just play into it but you got to definitely do what you need to do to get in front of it cuz you don't cuz you don't want to hop on the train only for it like just to derail a couple months after you start right but uh, depending on the organization it's just like i said you may have that vision and that picture and you may not and that's the sad part of of everything is that it's really hard it's really hard like to understand that like i mean uh, there's been places no lie where i worked where i was told okay hey you're going to come in and you're going to do this i'm like cool great cuz that's what i'm good at and while i am a, a corporate a chameleon and i'll explain that in another podcast right um you know i'm all down for if i need to focus on one area and focus on that and do that thing good and i'll do that and i've been that way in my whole career so in this particular case i was supposed to be a computer programmer i was supposed to come in and develop software websites all that so i was like okay cool you know and um and it just so happens that i came in and not even a couple of months into it you know i'm like well they need me to be a scrum master and i'm like 
Okay, well, I mean, I didn't interview for that because if I would have known that, I would have interviewed for that, you know, because that was, it wasn't necessarily something that I was looking to do, but it wasn't necessarily something that I wouldn't want to do. It was just, it was a real big difference from me sitting in there and writing code and being a creative in that sense to actually working with people and trying like to sit down and be creative. And I'll never forget one of the managers that uh, hired me, I asked him, I was like, so what do you think about this? And he gave me this look and he just was like, you know, and he said, you'll learn how it is around here. And I was like, oh, wow. And I had a good rapport uh, with this guy. Uh, he was, he was, he was a director kind, but he was just like, yeah. And I didn't really understand that. So I kind of just I went through the process. And when I look back on it now, I kind of got streamed and tossed like a rag doll because I mean honestly it didn't matter what I said in that interview and the interview was like it was it was hours it was like uh four or five I think like hours long I met with four different people I mean it was long and at the end and it's like at the end of it it, it didn't it didn't really matter why because they already knew what they wanted me for I mean I literally was just a body that was going to be thrown as something that another person that already worked there didn't want to do. And it's sad when you think about it that way, because, you know, um, you would wish and want for different, but that's not how, that's just not how reality is, friends. And so typically when there's a job that needs to be done and when you get thrown as something that you kind of feel is like, really? Chances are, you know, there's probably been a lot of turnover in that different uh, position. So you're just an experiment uh, to try to see, are you going to stick and stay? Are you going to make the difference? You know, so where I worked at the time for this uh, particular situation, I don't think that they anticipated that I would stick around that long. I think they thought I was going to fizz out uh, like the rest of the folks. But that kind of brings me to my next point is that, you know, with that type of mentality from the hiring uh, managers and management and different things, right, is when you get into a position that they don't necessarily expect you to excel at and you excel at. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. You know, I, I mean, this wasn't supposed to happen. Well, you know, sometimes people that you hire will surprise you. And where I used to work, previous I surprised uh, the heck out of them because not only was I able like to come in and switch gears like that right but I was able to actually kill it knock it out the park and actually turn something that no one could do into something that could be done and put a lot of processes and procedures around that and so that other people in the same type of position could come in and and uh, they can make the same type of of, of a progress and so you're asking yourself, well, why hasn't this already been done? Beats me. I don't know. But again, when people don't unnecessarily think that you're going to make it, they don't necessarily feel as though that uh, they should be that confident in knowing that you're going to be around. They can keep you for 90 days and get some work done and then you're out. I mean, you know, it, I mean, that's essentially uh, what it's all about. Now, I'm not saying that uh, that's the mentality of all hiring companies. No, it's not. But there are some that that's just what it is. I've seen it. I worked for a couple of them. 
So, and it's sad. So you, and so you got to keep in perspective that at the end of the day, it's a business. And you're a body. And there's some kind of work someplace that needs to be done. That probably nobody else wanted to do or other people tried to do and they left because they just didn't want to do it. Maybe they went through the same thing. So you're at a decision point, uh, kind of like Neil. So what do you do? I'm going to take this pill or you're going to take that pill. You know, you need to figure out, okay, am I going to do this or is this not for me? Now, some people at that point will fizz out and and, uh, they'll give their notice and they'll be like, I'm out. So those are normally uh, your quitters, you know, and they're just in it pretty much uh, just for like the quick hit, you know, or they want to come in and be like they want to come in at the ground floor and expect to be sent up to the penthouse in less than a month. Right. I mean, it's crazy, but depending on how much butt you kiss, you might be able to do that. You know, that's just not something that that I choose to do, because one, it it kind of you rub off as looking desperate, you know, one. But then but then even worse than that. You show your hand. So you went through the process of interviewing and doing this all for what? A game. And there's some people that actually try to game back in corporate America because either uh, they were gamed like before and they want to try like to get back and they're just on a paper chase. They're just chasing money. And it's sad. But, you know, this this type of behavior in corporate America breeds this type of behavior with uh, their potential employees and actual employees. I mean, why? I mean, all it takes is just to shift that culture, right? But what for? Work has to get done and we ain't got time to fix that. That's small in comparison to we have a deadline that we got to get this out and see that to me is where I have a problem with corporate America because it's not it's not uh, the fact that you have the deadline. Okay, I understand that, and I'm all about uh, working overtime and doing that. I'm all about that, right? I'm, I am all about that. What I'm not about is the way that it's not necessarily laid out to you, like you're not necessarily provided with the transparent plans or ideas of what is about to take place. One, and so that you can adjust your homework life, plus your life, you life, you know? It's just more of, the, it's more of just, hey, we need you to do this, great. You start on it kind of, and then all of a sudden, wham, bam, they hit you. And then now, a couple of different prescriptions later, you got high blood pressure, you're not eating right, so you're eating bad, now you have an ulcer, I mean, right? And we've seen it. It's in Hollywood movies. You probably have a family member or a loved one that works in corporate America and you see it. They're just consistently just pushed, pushed, pushed until the point that uh, they're tired and they're not interested, really. They're just doing it for the money. And when it gets to that point, one of two things is is going to happen. Either they're going to turn rogue and they're going to start to play the game in corporate America or they're going to leave. So... At some point, you consistently have turnover because why? Well, you, well, you're not necessarily changing the root of the problem. Whatever that root is, you're just keeping that there. You're just putting work on top of it to say, get this done. I mean, it could be that you have a cancerous person 
that is in management that is working with all the new people uh, uh, that's coming in. And they might, you know, and they may not necessarily be as technical as they should be. And of course, and I hate to say this, not all managers, but typically in management, the folks that are in management, they kind of feel like uh, they can take off. You know, it's like, okay, well, you do it. You work for me, right? But they have no understanding of what you're doing. So when they're in these meetings and they're needing all this information like really fast and they're hitting you up, they don't really know what you're doing. And again, if you're not in tune with the people that you're hiring, if you're not checking in on them on a regular basis, right, to see if they need anything, not micromanaging them, but just checking and just making sure that they don't need anything. If you're not fostering that type of culture in between you and your reports, right, then you can't expect to actually have have the type of relationship and understanding with employees that is going to breed something good in corporate America. It just, it just doesn't happen. But again, everyone is typically out for themselves. They're not necessarily out, quote unquote, for the team game. You know, if I'm, you know, and if I was uh, to take you off uh, uh, to the side here, I truly feel that those people, if you've, if, uh, you've played sports, Right. And I talked about this with some of my corporate friends. I was like, if you played sports at some point in your life and if it was a team sport, you understand what it takes for you to compete for yourself. Let's say a track and field, if it's just you versus if you're on the whole track team and if and if and if across all of the events and activities, your whole team is scored. Right. There's a difference. If it's just you, then you're going to do what you got to do for you. But if it's for the team, then then you know you got to do even more because you're a piece of that. And I feel like in corporate America, there's so many pieces that make up a team, but there's always some loose ones. I mean, and there's always some weak links. And instead of actually trying to make those weak links stronger, a lot of people just let those weak links stay, linger, hang around. Now you've been in there 10, 15 years, and now you have a person that's cancerous, doesn't really necessarily care about other people. They just care about themselves and they don't necessarily want to help people. So now you have an environment where now you have to work around a negative person rather than actually dealing with them and bringing them back into the culture or maybe the culture isn't for them and making that decision. So then the rest of the people that work in your corporate environment now because of one person, right, they have to now suffer. They have to go through the trenches every day of trying to circumvent dealing with that person just to try to get something done. Right. And the people that can do something about it don't care. Why? Because they just don't. There's not enough emphasis on corporate America taking care of their people and their teams. They only take care of them when there's a priority or there's a need, right? If they can try to incentivize you. So like, I'll give you extra money if you do this. I hate when they do the incentive thing. That sucks because they basically don't have any respect for you as a person that they hired. You went through this arduous process of interviewing and they feel as though, well, we're going to give you more money and that's the way to get you to work. If you are working for a company that promises you something like that, then you need to get away because they basically do not understand that 
your worth as an employee is more than just something monetary. You have to care about the individual, the person, understand them, know them, to have a relationship with them, to make them fully functioning in the team and so that the team can achieve greatness. A lot of people don't get to that point. Why? I have no idea. That's the joys of corporate America, friends. It's like, it's so, it's just so cutthroat, you know? And, um, you know, and people only do things for a reason. That reason should be we're all moving forward, trying to be successful to all uh, wind up at the same place, which most people are. But you got those rotten apples in there that basically are just worried about themselves. You know, and it's sad. And so. With that, you know, a short little story, I used to work at uh, Hawaiian Airlines. And I was a software developer engineer. You know, I was supposed to come in and write some code and do whatever. So I was that guy that they're like, hey, hey, we need your scrum master. I was like, "Okay, cool. So I came in, I started scrum mastering and people didn't know that I had experience. So, and a scrum master's uh, job is to be, is to be, is to be unbiased, not necessarily lean uh, towards either side of the fence, but to follow uh, 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 the manifesto, right? And make sure that you, and make sure that you are running your scrum ceremonies in the agile way and that you're making progress and your burn down is where it needs to be and your team is getting used to one another and you're getting more work done, right? So in the process of doing that, you know, you're going to hurt some people's feelings. And and I would always tell people, this is not personal because there were some personalities, they just couldn't take it. They just could not take it. And they would get upset and then they'd start gossiping and then I had a lot of friends and a lot of people that they were friends with didn't know that uh, they were telling me all this negativity. And I would tell them, I'm like, well, you know, it's just the fact that now they're being pushed to actually do work. Because a lot of people will come into corporate America and get kind of comfortable, right? They'll find that rut where they can't necessarily be held accountable, but that they still want a little bit of face time. So they do a little bit here and there, a little bit here and there, and then they can kind of hang out. Uh, they can go out for an hour and a half lunches and go and hang out with their friends, you know, and, and they can do whatever. Right. That's typically what happens. Right. So people game the system and uh, the managers, E-levels, other people don't really care because they're doing the same thing. As long as you get your job done, it's all good. And I don't you know, and I don't have a problem with that. It is what it is. I don't necessarily support that type of philosophy for me. When I come to work and stuff, I work eight hours. I do what I do. And it's eight hours I work. I don't work six. I don't work four. I work eight. Sometimes I work 10 or 12, right? In the organization that I work for now, we understand that, you know, if we got to get something done, then we get it done. We're all adults. But but at uh, Hawaiian Airlines, it was different. So I had all these people mad at me. And I'll never forget uh, uh, the same director. <laughs> He's funny. He basically came to me. I told him, I said, well, I said, I've been hearing a lot of things that a lot of people don't like uh, that I'm scrum mastering. He was like, yeah, he was like, and the reason why is because you're making them do work. And that's all he said. He kind of smiled at me. 
And if you guys knew this guy, I have a lot of respect for him, you know. I'm and I'm and I and I'm not gonna name names, but you know, he knows who he is. I have a lot of respect for him. And I told him, I said, you know, sir, uh, you're, you know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and we laughed about it. But it's like I had to be very cautious and careful not to step on people's toes because I came in and I disrupted their comfort levels and their ruts. But to me, what I've been tasked with is to come in and lead a team from inception to completion of a project in X amount of time. So, I mean, I don't necessarily share those same ideals that they do. So for me, I'm coming in and people are, are looking at me as the go-getter. I'm not really looking for that, that, that a label. I'm just, I'm just getting my job done. And, you know, and sometimes when you come across that way, like to people, when you come into the ecosystem that's already broken, you know, um, they don't necessarily understand that, you know, the thing that they're upset at you about is what they should have already been doing this whole time. So the ideals get kind of off kilter. Now in in uh, this world of corporate, you're the one that's kind of the anomaly and they're the normal ones. And I just kind of had to scratch my head. And there was a couple people. I mean, they held grudges against me for as long as I was there. I mean, and it was funny to me because I was like, wow. You literally, and I used to walk by these people's uh, desks all the time, but you're, but you're sitting there on the internet surfing, not doing the project. But then towards the end of the sprint, I get people complaining that, well, they're struggling. And I'm like, well, you sure in the hell wasn't looking at a website to help you understand what your problem was in the code. You know, I mean, you're looking for hunting stuff and surfing stuff and all this. And I'm like, and so for me, I didn't really have any type of, um, respect like for that kind of stuff so for me and that ideal right when you're coming in and you're tasked with doing a job but you can't do it because the culture won't allow you to do it again friends you have to you have to figure out is this something that you want to stick with or is this something that you just need to let slide or just something that you just need to not be a part of and because I'm not a quitter I stayed you know and I kept on at it and I and I you know and then and then and then uh, next thing that I know, now instead of these little itty bitty small projects, I'm getting, oh, it's like I'm on big projects. Why? Because I'm coming through. I'm completing work. I'm doing the things that are being asked of me. And, and uh, the team is not just being formed, but I'm, but it's like we're storming through and we're getting used to everybody. And then on the other side of that is we're knocking stuff out. Now everybody understands the process. And so now for those people that were on board with trying this, they can see the fruits of their labor. And now they're seeing, damn, now we're cranking out code 10 times as fast as we used to, right? And so it felt good because now the time in the market was nothing uh, compared to what we're gonna need three months just to do R&D, another six months to do some prototyping, so then maybe the last three months we can start on development. So it's gonna take us about a year, right? Those were the typical estimates that we would give. Why? Because people relax. And so you're going to get those lazy people like that. And, you know, and so there's nothing you can do about that. You just do your job. They'll be exposed eventually. And in my particular case, there was a couple people that were straight exposed, but nothing was done about it. So I requested, I was like, I can't have that person. Uh, they cannot be on my team. 
because they're a liability. If I have a deadline of this and it's very, very, very critical and I see that these people aren't necessarily taking it serious, I'm sorry, but I don't want no B team players on the A team. You know what I'm saying? Definitely don't want no C. So, I mean, and and so like for me, I was like, I need to make moves. This can't happen. Because at the end of the day, you know, you have a reputation that you have to uphold. And my reputation already was starting like to tank because I made people work. Well, first of all, this is corporate America in, in Hawaii. So everyone thinks that it's kind of, it's always time to chill out. Like, we're not even pow yet. We're not even close to being pow. Oh, that means done. We haven't even started and people already pow. So it's like, hello. And then if you try to get them to do anything, well, then they go and then they tell on you. So it's almost childish in nature, too. That's how corporate America can be. There's politics and cutthroatness in there like that. They don't want you to come in and disrupt the ecosystem that they have been able like, to create and, and uh, develop. Like, it doesn't make any sense why I would spend all this money and go through all the schooling that I have to go through take my certifications, everything, to come into the office to just sit on my behind and do nothing. I don't understand that ideal, but a lot of people, that's all they know. They don't apply themselves, friends, like you. So you have to make sure that you stay in front of that. And once you peep that negativity out and you see those people, then just like a cancer, cut them out and get rid of them off of your team, right? Give them a chance, you know, but if they don't show any type of want or drive or initiative to actually want to change, make an executive decision. Because at the end of the day, if you're marching towards and uh, trying to be successful and a couple bad apples, I uh, keep on pulling you down. One bad apple will make the bunch bad. But two, you'll never have a bunch. So. I guess what I'm saying is that when I was there at uh, Hawaiian, I exposed a lot of people. And it's sad and they don't like me and I don't really care. <laughs> I never uh, really cared anyway because I'm doing my job. But I had a lot of people that were appreciative of it and they learned new things. They learned how to push themselves further, farther. And those people, right, you could tell they were excelling and they were knocking it out the park. They wasn't kissing anybody's butt. They knew it was going to be hard. Sometimes they would make uh, the mark, sometimes that they wouldn't, right? But at the end of the day, a scrum uh, master's job is to coach you, to help you get better. But you can't necessarily help people that don't want to change or get better, get better. You just can't. You continually try. And I did that uh, despite everything. You continually try. But at some point, you know, if it's just not worthwhile and you're wasting energy and time, it's a business, friends. Make some moves, either move them or move yourself. But you got to stay in a position of positivity as best as you can and stay in a position of success in corporate America, especially if it's a toxic environment, because there's a lot to it, you know, that you don't see. There's levels to that crap. There's levels to it. And people at every level have every type of game and everything to just be lazy and do whatever. I mean, I once had a manager you know, that was actually, um, so I'm in a meeting. <laughs> this is funny. And it's for a critical project. Very critical. I got a bunch of different 
representatives uh, from all of these different teams. And, and so, and this particular person, I was actually working with trying like to shadow them and to learn like different things. But on this particular day, I'll never forget, we had a QA manager. He was a boisterous one. Uh, he was pretty cool. You know, uh, we bumped heads at first, but uh, he realized it's like, hey, I'm not going to go for that kind of crap. So you can treat me a certain kind of way and we can get this done or you can uh, do all that stuff. And then I just have to go around you. And so, but he's in this meeting too. And he's typically the one that would always say something, you know, and get people kind of riled up. So even he was kind of like, he pulled me, he pulled me to the side after the meeting and he was like, what was your mentor doing? And I was like, um, I don't know. So we're in a meeting and we're talking about a very critical project. And my mentor is on the cell phone on Instagram, actually. This is in a corporate meeting, not paying attention to anything that's going on at all. Nothing. If you were to say, what did I just say? Wouldn't be able to regurgitate it. And I'm sitting there trying to get through this. And at one point, it's so distracting that they even are taking pictures. They're even taking pictures of themselves and me, I believe, and posting this on the gram. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the hell are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, first of all, you have a cell phone in a corporate meeting where we are divulging important information, almost trade secrets, and you on your phone. And I'm like, and so even, and so, and so like even uh, this other dude, he was like, he was like, what the hell was that? I was like, I really don't know, bro. I mean, there was one thing, oh, oh we would uh, bump heads every now and then, but on that one, we definitely were at a consensus. That's just, there's just no place for that. And you get those people like that, that just love playing games. Like they're not serious about it. But let me tell you, if the big boss was to walk in, they would straighten up, boy, boy, tighten up real quick, wouldn't they? And they would try to pretend like, yes, I'm paying attention. I know what's going on. Talking over you and correcting people, right? I mean, and that's how this person was. Like, when their boss wasn't around, it was it was just, it was almost like playtime. I was like, I'm sorry, but I did not take no corporate job to try to mediate or manage romper room. I just don't do that. So I lost a lot of respect uh, for that person in and there, you know, and I kind of just uh, told myself I need to be on guard now because if this is how they act when all the key uh, people and players are not in the room, I wonder what they're going to act like when they're in the room, right? Which is probably a large amount of the reason why when we were trying to discuss these projects, the person was not even not even close uh, to being in the know ever, I kept such good, a meticulous notes on, on everything. I would curate all of all of the other scrum masters and teams. I knew where people were at. I would stay on top of it. I would help them out, right? I was actually working, right? I mean, I was actually working. And so I have no respect for people like that. And you shouldn't either. There's no place in corporate America for that, even though it is prevalent and it's there. When you get a sense of that, what I should have did was I should have actually said something to that person. But to be honest, you kind of also like you kind of have to have to read the room and you kind of have to know your audience. I didn't necessarily feel as though me saying anything was even going 
to precipitate any change on their part. Why? I honestly didn't think that they had the maturity for it. The fact that they're already doing that in a meeting, I mean, it can't get much more childish than that. I mean, it's like even my 11-year-old daughter who loves TikTok and loves to be on the gram and different things, she knows the time and place like to act like that. So yeah, I had to correlate that like to my own kid. And I even asked my kids, like, how do you know when it's time to have fun or not have fun? And she was like, well, if we're talking about something serious and important, daddy, then, you know, then I need to pay attention to you. I put down my phone. And and because if I don't do that, if I'm not like listening to you, then I'm not going to understand. I mean, this is an 11 year old kid that understands that, y'all. Sometimes you get people in corporate America that act like children. That's not your fault. It's not, you know. You get a lot of different kinds of people. You get liars. I mean, there's so much that I went through. Again, at uh, Hawaiian Airlines, you know. The thing that was, and this was the thing that kind of sent me over the top. We had had uh, some changes in management. It happens, you know. And so... For me, because I was in on the scrum master thing, I was knocking it off the park. I was doing things. And I had all these other scrum masters and other managers and even directors. I even had the CEO himself at the time come to me and be like, you know, we need to try to put you into this position to help our teams because you're really knocking this out. And I had a lot of respect for our CEO at that time, Mark Dunkerley. You know, I hope he's enjoying uh, retirement and 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 uh, stuff and so and he was like yeah you know you know like we need to try to understand how can we make things better and more efficient and so the way that i roll in corporate america i don't tell no one my business and you know and there's people that come to me and they talk to me because they understand and they can see the drive and what i'm doing and they understand that i'm doing this for the betterment of the company right I'm, and it's not so much I'm in it to try to be like a sacrificial lamb or 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 uh, to have all, all of the accolades. I don't necessarily want that. If anything, I mean, I'm the type of person I want to be behind the scenes and I want to kind of help uh, the cogs move. But you don't necessarily know that that's me. Anyone who I've scrum master, anyone who I've worked with, anybody, even if it's not scrum mastering, who I've managed because I used to manage people. It was about them. It was about putting them on. It wasn't about putting myself on, you know. That's selfish. So I actually had an instance where I was I was promised a position of being an enterprise coach and doing all this stuff and helping these teams. That was going to be my job, to go from being a, a developer into now coaching people. It was something that I loved to do. And I'll never forget, I'm working my butt off. And then I have a lot of friends in HR. And so I have a friend and they come to me and they pull me in, into the side room. And then they're like, hey, how you doing? And how's things going? I'm like, I'm good, you know, like whatever. And we're talking story. And then they're like, hey, well, the reason why I called you in here. And I'm like, oh, and I was on a friendship level with all these folks. And so I was like, what's going on? And they're like, OK. Don't be upset. And that's how they started it. I was like, don't be upset. It's like, what are you talking about? I said, so they told me that this position that I was being quote unquote groomed for never existed. 
I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, it is. I said, I have a, I have a, a requisition right here. And they're like, that's fake. It's like, what the hell? I was like, no. And they're like, yeah. So they walked me through all the players that were involved. I was like, damn. And at the end of the day, right? You know, we were going through those changes in, in a management. So what loomed on the horizon was basically a reorganization. So some people in the organization didn't necessarily feel comfortable about their positions. And so they were trying to maybe jive and jockey themselves into a certain place, place. I don't know. It just, it was really suspect. It was really whack. And, and the long and short of it was that I did all this work. I was certified. I took this trip, that trip. I took that test, this test. I did all this work. I scrum mastered these teams. I did this. I did all this workload. And at the end of it, all I found was basically I was doing the other person's job. There probably was not even any want or need to actually groom me. Maybe it was just a game. I don't know. A sick one at that. But when HR said, yeah, that's a fake job. <laughs> that doesn't exist. We don't know what you're being groomed for, but there's nothing in there. We don't understand what this request was to interview you because we don't we don't know what this is. I was pissed. I went back to the person that was mentoring me and I was like, what's going on here? And they just uh, played the stupid game. And at that point, it it kind of became evident. I was like, okay, well, first of all, I said, I kind of already knew that I was being like used. I was doing a lot of that person's duties that I shouldn't have been doing, especially for the quote unquote training that I had. So I already knew that I was doing their job because a number of people and another good swath of people that were in management already kind of told me that. And I was like, yeah, I said, hey, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Why? Because I'm the eternal optimist one, but then two, it's like, when I make an oath to do something, I'm going to do it. I keep my word. So at some point, you know, it would become evident that this particular person or people that were involved, it was multiple. They are what they are. So, and I just kept on. And at the end of it, what I had to show for it was basically nothing. You know, at that point, uh, one of the people, quote unquote, left the company. I think they I think that they got let go, but I think they had to kind of uh, resign, which was sad because, you know, I had a lot of respect of, uh, for that person. Now I don't have any. And then the person that was grooming me, you know, I still had to look at that person. So I had beef with that person. I didn't particularly like them. I still don't, um, you know, because that's not something that I would do to people. For me, I would be honest. Now, of course, people are going to be like, I didn't know. Well, you know, if you're a manager and if something like this happens and you say, I don't know, you're not a manager because my management training, you always take responsibility for any issue, even if it wasn't one that you caused, but it's one that you inherited. You take responsibility and you make it right. And that wasn't done. And so for that reason, you know, eventually over time, that plagued me and my career at a Hawaiian Airlines. Would I still be there? Hell yeah. I definitely do. But when you're making people look bad or you're doing work beyond what people have been doing and you're making it just expose itself. And for a, a lot of people who know me that didn't know this, now you know. 
um, you know, um, you don't necessarily need need to stand behind or next to any anybody like that. Um, those particular people in corporate America don't have your back. Um, I think it was a trashy thing to do. I think it was lame. But in the end, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, that person initially, eventually, sorry, they got what I was seeking. So it's kind of just one of those things. It's like, you know, when you see the writing on the wall and corporate America has its way of doing this, friends. Like I said, I've been through some hell and I got many other horror stories for you. But I got to say, out of the ones uh, that I've shared with you, the other one is equally is equally as bad. It involves race and the use of certain words in an email and the use of certain words in person and, you know, and HR not doing nothing about it, especially in a day and age where, you know, uh, speaking about another race or culture in an in a derogatory fashion will most likely get you fired, if not also sued. And that had kind of crossed my mind at one point that it's like, why people like that, we're just going to call them bigots because it is what it is. I can get away with that in corporate America. Why? You know, there's limits. And I, you know, and I kind of expect like people to lie. I expect uh, people to have politics I expect people uh, to cut your throat, but I don't expect people to be borderline racist. Um, and so, you know, f- uh, for me, that's not necessarily something that I wanted in an Ohana or family uh, that I would uh, work with. So I chose to leave because at that point, uh, the code of ethics <laughs> A lot of the different laws in the handbook, to me, were broken and breached. But again, depending on who you are and what you are and your position in corporate America, things will or will not get done. And friends, that's sad. But that's the reality of the situation is that depending on how much butt you kiss and depending on who it is exactly, you can get away with murder. And people will live that way and they'll play that game for years and they'll build an illustrious career like that way. And then they'll look back and they'll retire and they'll feel really good about I put in 25 years or 45 years at a company, even though they did nothing to actually help like the bottom line. They're proud of that. Like, where is the morals and the ideals of us humans nowadays? Is that what it's really all about? the power and prestige and money and a title. I mean, I've been a manager. I ran a whole development department, offshore and onshore, both. I mean, I've been I've been a senior developer. I've been a junior developer. I've been all over the spectrum. But in any of those positions, I never disrespected people, right? Because for me, to survive corporate America in my eyes, meant that I basically needed to treat everybody as as equal and just work hard and do what I know I need to do to be successful, not just for the company, but in some way, form of fashion, also for myself. Because if the company isn't willing to have your best interests at heart, you have to sometimes self-promote like your own uh, interests, right? 
I mean, that's what corporate America is all about. You come in and we'll give you the job. You find your way through the maze. If you just so happen to make it, let's just say, you know, and you become uh, successful, maybe you'll stick around. Maybe you won't. Who knows, right? That's the game that we play. So you got to understand, if you want to survive corporate America, you got to be there for yourself. Ain't no one going to be there for you. If you get lucky like me and you find a good work family that has your back and you're blessed, stay there, friends. They care about you. Stay there. That's what it's all about. But if you don't have that and if you know that you don't have that and if you're seeking that, you need to make the you need to make the conscious decision. Nothing good will ever come from fail. Nothing good will ever come from nothing that doesn't want to be. So you have to rise above that. You have to take your destiny into your own hands, right? You do not have to follow the ideals of what a corporate environment should be like. Just because that's the stigma that's out there doesn't mean you have to live it. Choose differently, right? And for as long as I will be alive, I will continue to treat people with respect. I will never lie to people. I'll just work hard. I mean, it's pretty simple for me. That's what you're supposed to do anyway. Treat people as you want to be treated. I don't want to come into a company and treat people like crap because they're going to treat me like crap right back. I mean, essentially, right? So at some point, something in corporate America needs to change. But until we change as individuals, corporate America won't change. See, as much as I say that it's corporate America's fault, it's really your fault, my fault, us individuals' fault. Because we actually breed the ideals and we breed everything that corporate America is and becomes. So if we're not willing to actually stop, hold the phone and make some changes, right? And actually stick to that and get on a plan of success instead of a plan of just of being status quo, right? We're never going to make it ever. And there's a lot of people who have come and left from a lot of the different places of where I worked and I see them now. I just connected uh, with some people on LinkedIn, actually, or reconnected, and I understand them, and they left like for these same reasons. Sometimes when there's an organization that touts them as the best one ever, you have to really, you have to really be like, okay, so what's it really like? You know, like what's it really like? Because most everyone who I uh, know, they have left uh, the Hawaiian Airlines of the world and the different other places, and they are thriving and they're successful. And they are in positions that they never thought they would be in. But I knew that they would be in them. All it takes is the right environment to breathe success. And I challenge you today, friends, that if you're not in that environment, seek it out and find it. It might require some sacrifice. You may have to make some moves. But have a reason why you're doing this. Like for me, I do everything that I do for my family. This is at the human level now. I'm just being real with you. That's what drives me. When people do the things that they have done to me and put that at risk or put that in jeopardy, I have no tolerance for that at all. And so for all the folks who I did work with at a Hawaiian Airlines, who I worked with in Irvine, in Wichita, in Newton, you know, all of the different places, you know, while I wish I would have been able like to stay there, I'm appreciative of the relationships that we have. Stay connected and know that uh, your boy is always going to speak the truth. I don't necessarily have anything to gain here, but I have everything to help you gain. 
that's always going to be my drive. So until next time, one love is always. This is the Tech Brother.